Don't miss the Can-Am Holiday Volleyball Showcase, North America's premier men's volleyball event. Experience and enjoy world-class athletes, coaches, and competition in Toronto this holiday season, December 28th to 31st at the Toronto Pan-Am Sports Centre. Get your tickets while they last at www.cahvs.com. Early bird pricing ends soon. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Passing Dimes. Thanks to the magic of the OUA schedule, uh, I was just, you know, seeing who was going to be in town. And because Queens is in town, we got our first pick. I'm glad she joined the show. So joining us, we actually got two guests. Uh, our first is Alex Seofish. She's currently the libero for Queens University. Uh, fans will recognize her from her 17 bronze medal in club and her three gold medals at Beach Provincials and a national silver. And just happened to be that her sister is also here. So joining us is Catherine Seofis, who fans will recognize from Western University. She won the National Team Challenge Cup uh, when she was on the Team Ontario indoor team. She also played Team Ontario Beach. And now is a growing up and she's an accountant. So, <laughs> welcome to the show. Thanks for doing this, guys. Thanks for having us. I'm honored to be your first pick. I didn't know that till now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I won't tell that to any of the Queens guys. But uh, yeah, we're, we're definitely shooting for you. And then, you know. Anyways, let's let's hear about, first of all, two siblings who are high-performance athletes. What was it like growing up? How did you guys become a volleyball family? Well, um, at a certain age, um, my mom wanted, or our mom wanted, um, my sister to, you know, play some sports outside of just school. Um, and I remember she was deciding between basketball and volleyball, and I think she actually liked basketball better. <laughs> a little bit. A little bit. Um, but our mom wouldn't let her play basketball because she was just so small at that age. I was very short. I had no meat on my bones. so <laughs> She would just get knocked over by a I was not allowed to play basketball anymore. So I picked volleyball and loved it and been there ever since. And then Alex got towed along to practices when I was there and she eventually made a team at the club I was at too and that's how it all started. Nice and you remember what age you started at Kat when you kind of joined club was it around 14 you back then? Yeah. I don't think they had 12 you then. Right? No it was pretty like even 13 you was a little young so 14 you grade 8. Yeah. And because you were being dragged around Alex you started quite young I think you might have played up your whole club career is that true? Uh, yeah I played up until uh, I actually was 18U age and I had no other choice. <laughs> Didn't you start 14U? Uh, I started in grade four as a nine-year-old playing on a 14U team because there were no other options at that time. Um, obviously, you know, we didn't do very well. Shout out to Paul Cudair, my first coach, <laughs> who uh, took a chance on me and helped me fall in love with the game. Um, I was so small, could not get an overhand serve over. That's really cute. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, and then I just kind of uh, stayed at the 14U age until I got to just a year younger. And then, if that makes sense, I stayed uh, one year up for my whole club career. Do you remember what that's like? Because that's got to be different socially even being on a team with people like three years older than you, right? Do you remember just like, were you shy and quiet or did oh, you... Yeah. Did you speak during practice, or was it just kind of like, I'm here to practice, I'll work hard, but uh, don't make me talk in front of the team right now? Oh, I did not talk. Um, I actually still see, I think there's a few girls who actually go to Queens that I played with when I was, you know, three, four years younger than them, and they don't know who I am. I was just so small and so quiet, and I just did not talk, and I think I'm trying to remember Paul's nickname for me. I think it was like Little Squirt or something like that. <laughs> I remember watching and you were just like so jumpy, like this little ball of energy always, but no one, everyone else was just doing their thing, not really paying attention to you. 
Nice. So eventually, were your parents hooked? Like, I know they tried to steer you towards basketball, but I feel like your parents were always around, uh, being very supportive. Did they did they understand volleyball technically, tactically, or are they just there to support you guys? Yeah, so um, our mom is super into volleyball. She never played. She was a basketball player, um, but she actually started coaching um, at like just a high school level. But she understand she understands the game very well. Um, our dad, on the other hand, you know, it's very confusing. To be fair, we do play beach and indoor, and he doesn't always remember how many points the sets go to or how many sets we play. <laughs> And he does, to this day, still need to be reminded of that. <laughs> Even today, he asked a couple questions, like, does this end at 25 or 21? <laughs> he still can't keep it straight. Why aren't they switching sides? Yeah. <laughs> Who's the girl in a different colored jersey? <laughs> uh, your daughter. <laughs> Great. So you mentioned it, that you guys played beach and indoor. So I guess once you were hooked on volleyball, you kind of gave up on other sports, right? Because there just wouldn't be time with how many events. Because it, it felt like as soon as indoor ended, you would start beach and you guys would play right up until nationals, right? So uh, did you play other sports in school or were you just hooked on volleyball and that was, that was the thing to do? I think we both played other high school sports, but as soon as we started playing volleyball outside of school, we were both pretty hooked. Like I remember playing playing club for the first time and it was the first time I got taken out of the game and I wasn't like oh thank goodness a break I was like upset that I wasn't on the court anymore so it was definitely like love at first sight um what did you guys enjoy about going back and forth from beach to indoor because like you said we are you're really focusing on one sport but they are completely different I mean team dynamic with your partner like it does change quite a bit the score as your dad would probably have <laughs> right yeah. now little rules so did you enjoy kind of the mental break of having to go outside and then when indoor came around it was like more exciting to be around a team again yeah um I really enjoyed beach uh obviously I played quite a bit um and I think the hardest thing for me was diving differently if that makes any sense because on the beach you can kind of just you know, throw yourself around. And then as soon as you get back on the court, that was the hardest thing for me is to remember to actually cushion my landing. So I think some of my worst, you know, bruises came from those first couple of weeks of transitioning back to indoor. <laughs> I remember always struggling in the summers because Team Ontario Beach and Team Ontario Indoor run at the same time in the summer. So it was always about I would do both, but it was always giving up a little bit of each one. So I think it's a little different now. I think they run some more Team Ontario stuff all year round for both. But um, I always remember that struggle of trying to decide, okay, which one was I going to focus on this summer? Right, and I think uh, Thomas Sawyer was on the show and he talked about that, where you would go to beach tryouts, you would make it, but then as soon as school kind of ended, you'd have to go to indoor. Yeah. And then you would come back to beach probably just before provincial. Yeah, exactly, right? so yeah. How did you find managing that as an athlete where you finally in beach mode and then you got to go put your shoes back on and go to yeah. Nipissing or wherever the training camp was and go for it again, right? It was difficult. And I remember Angie pulled me aside one time and was like, if you want to take beach seriously, you really need to commit the time to it. But I kind of wanted to take both seriously. And the elite Team Ontario Indoor was also at the same time. So it was always difficult to make that decision. Nice. So speaking of club, let's kind of just fast track a little bit. You guys are very competitive and successful. When did you start thinking about playing post-secondary? Like, do you remember what age group you were when you started to look at universities and think it's it's going to be a serious option for you guys to play at the next level? Probably grade four when no I started. Way. <laughs> I really did love the sport, you know, from the moment I started playing. And I think having an older sister for sure, like, helped me see that as a possibility right away. Um, and, yeah, it was just always the goal. 
did you know what university volleyball was at that time? Would you guys go to like a UT game or a Ryerson game that was local or how did you know that there was like a next level? Cause it's kind of hidden when people just start playing volleyball, right? Yeah. I think, you know, being in the club environment eventually gets you introduced to it. Um, for team bonding, you head to a, right. a U of T or a Ryerson game. And even today, I think we had some little club players at There's our games. There's a lot of loud uh, They're so girls cute. in the yeah. Tonight. Yeah. Was I that small? <laughs> Probably. <laughs> yes, for sure. Yeah, yeah for sure. you were. <laughs> I remember I was a little more in the dark, like being the oldest sibling. My parents didn't really know how the recruiting system worked. So I think I was around grade 10 when I started looking. Um, and I first started looking in the States. But we were... We had no idea what we were doing. Like I was just emailing some coaches. I eventually went on some visits, but I, I don't think I started early enough. Um, so some of the schools I went on visits already had a setter recruited my year. So um, I was definitely a little behind. And then um, when grade 12 rolled around, that's when I started to look more in Canada. Now, that's a good point for some of our listeners. Can you just talk about uh, the NCAA thing? Where How early do you think they start identifying like were you in maybe grade 10 when they already told you, like, oh, we already have a setter year? Yeah, so there were a couple girls my year in grade 9 who got recruited, like um, Alyssa Fitterer, I remember, mm-hmm. committed to Michigan State. Um, she was, like, the first one of my age group in Ontario that we really heard of. Um, and then I started looking in grade 12, or, sorry, grade 10, but didn't know what I was supposed to do at all, like, put together a pretty bad video and just started emailing it around and hope for the best. Nice. And you mentioned that in grade 12, you really focused on the OUA. Did you find that the level in Ontario was actually quite good when, once you kind of invested in it and started to look around? Yeah, I think so. Um, I, there were, I knew that I wanted to go. Our mom always told us that make sure you love the school, even if you can't play volleyball there. So I already had some schools picked out in my head that I was very interested in. And then it was just about finding the right fit with the volleyball team. And what made you eventually land on Western? Because I think the year you committed, they actually made a coaching change. Right? Yeah. So that must have been a little uneasy kind of thinking like, oh, I just signed up for this. And now it's going to be a little bit different, right? Yeah. So the old coach actually recruited me. Um, and then it was announced that Melissa was taking over. Um, but I had been coached by her at Team Ontario. And she actually said that she helped recruit me to Western a little bit. Apparently he asked her um, about me and she was like, yeah, she's great. So she always says like, oh, I had a hand in helping get you to Western. Um, But I just loved, I fell in love with the school, the campus. Um, It was a good fit for the team with me at the time and it worked out. So Alex, you mentioned, you know, grade four, Googling Mm -hmm. volleyball schools and stuff like that. Uh, what was kind of your journey to kind of pick and, and land on Queens? Like at what age group did you really start locking it in? Did you make a video? Like did you have coaches kind of guide you through it? Like what was the, your process? I had the best video. You, know, <laughs> you had a better video than me. Song. My you video know. was terrible. <laughs> I think I edited it so that all of my hits were on beat <laughs> to the song. Nice. Nice. I think coaches appreciate um, that. I don't think, I think they, they do. do. I think we should put that out there like on YouTube <laughs> or something now. <laughs> Um, no, coaches actually just want a set unedited, you know? Yeah, that's true. (laughs) I was proud of it. (laughs) Um, yeah, so I actually didn't even have Queens on my radar until halfway through grade 12. Even, you know, knowing before Kat went to Western, while she was at Western, I wanted to play university level. I never considered Queens. I don't know why it just wasn't a school that I thought about. I thought about McMaster for sure. I thought about Western. I thought about even U of T. 
Um, and I went on a visit to Queens, not even for volleyball reasons, just to visit some friends. And I just fell in love, you know? And then that's when I actually contacted the coach and I was recruited to a team as a left side slash libero on a team that already had five or six liberos on the roster. Um, so the coach definitely took a bit of a chance on me and there was actually a coaching change as well in my year. So, um, going into your first year or after? Yeah. Your first year? yeah so I got oh, recruited by yeah, a coach and then there was a coaching change and, um, first year came into someone that I didn't, I'd never met before. Um, but it really worked out. And again, I picked the school because I loved the school regardless of volleyball and I, have no regrets and I'm very happy with my choice it's actually interesting I never put that together until just now that we both contacted the coach first for the school that we wanted to go to like we both got a ton of recruiting emails but mm -hmm. for the schools we ended up at we were the first one to contact them what yeah. a great feeling for that coach just to check their email and be like what <laughs> yes totally come for a visit let's uh, lock you in here you just brought up a good point where a lot of left sides uh transfer to libero eventually do, do you miss hitting? Do you get to hit at practice? Like, is it just I passing? I even miss hitting. <laughs> yeah, like, I think most hitters think they can set, and most liberos want to, like, hit. Like, I don't think anyone's begging to play the middle, but I think the left side position is if, if you don't play it, you kind of get a little envious sometimes. Have you had an opportunity to hit? You haven't played a university game as an outside, right? Uh, no, I have not. Um, I did. <laughs> Okay, in my know, first let's, year. Let's segue to that right away before we forget to come back to it. Let's go. In my this. first year, we had a ton of injuries, and I ended up playing a couple months right side. I don't remember yeah. that. Yeah. So even when I, by the time I graduated, my highest kills was still from my first year because it was when I played right side. Yeah. Sorry. Oh, I, I jumped I in there. Your, I thought I was your biggest fan, but I don't remember that. <laughs> um, were you relying on the beach game a little bit there? Or are you just so excited not to have to set that you were just crushing balls <laughs> I played right side a little bit in club oh, okay not a ton I had a little like my 17 year I played a lot of right side but mostly beach yeah yeah so back to you yeah sorry <laughs> no that's great. over a bit um yeah so the initial transition um I tried out for team Ontario as a left side and I was a p2 oh, yeah a p2 um you know i always looked forward to rotating to the back row. <laughs> I don't think that's a common opinion. <laughs> um, but I really do love passing and defense. And, um, you know, they I made Team Ontario as a libero. And I did really fall in love with the position. It, it was a lot of fun. I love being a supportive role. I think Kat feels the same way about the setter, um, being able to support your teammates and, like, their success is your success. Because when they recognize you, they recognize your amazing dig that set them up, or in Kat's case, your assist that set them up for success. You know, it's the people that matter that recognize that. And even if it's not shown on the stats or whatever it is, uh, it feels just as good. That was heartwarming. <laughs> that was great. Now, we talked a little bit before the show. You guys got to overlap for one year. Uh, was that a game you kind of circled on your calendar? You're like, yes, I can't wait to be across yes. the net from them. Like. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> we were looking forward to it for a long time. And there was a lot of hype around that game, too. I think mm -hmm. our teams were had a bit of a rivalry heading into that game as well. So it just pumped it up even more. Did each parent wear one shirt or did uh, how did the parents dress that game? 
Uh, our mom actually wore a Queens shirt with a Western zip up. Good call. Okay. And so she both made sure showing. to have it unzipped so you could see both. <laughs> <laughs> Very strategic. Um, and during the game, she told us that she had to stop herself from cheering for either side because she'd forget, like, if Western did something good, she'd forget that they were playing against my team. And she'd start cheering and then be like, oh, wait, Alex missed that. <laughs> uh, so she ended up having to sit on her hands to stop herself from cheering too hard for either side. Now, were you guys personally nervous or was it just kind of like a fun opportunity to be across that? Like, did you really want it? Like, was it going to be bragging rights for a while? I think for me, it was more about bragging rights. <laughs> Losing to your little sister is a little disheartening, but um, I was just excited to play against her. Like, I'd been waiting five years until she joined the OUA, and I didn't even know for sure if I was doing a fifth year. So when I did decide and we realized we were going to get that chance, I think we were just excited. Nice. So you mentioned rivalries. I think it's funny that one of you went to Western, one of you went to Queens. <laughs> it came up in another one of our episodes with Lauren Veldman that there's just people in the OUA who think they have a rivalry, but they don't. So going to, based on what I understand, Western's a little bit more hated than maybe Queens. Yes. But I imagine there's people <laughs> who get up for a Queen match. But what's that environment like where there's teams getting fired up to play against you where you're kind of just like, this is just a normal Saturday game. I don't know why everybody's so angry right now. We would be a little confused by that. We would see the hype and everyone trying to get people out to the game. And we would be like, what's going on? This is just a normal OUA game. And yeah, I, but it made teams bring their A game against us and everyone would play really well. So sometimes it hurt us, but sometimes it would get us pumped up. So, but I don't know what it is. Like someone could tell me why everyone hates Western. <laughs> like, do you feel that it's que at Queens as well? Um, I think with our success in the past couple of years, for sure. Um, and I think it's, it's a compliment in a way to have teams look forward to playing you and to really, really want to beat you, that tells you you're good and that tells you that, you know, in a way they're scared of you, you know? That's, that's a good point. You don't invite your friends to a game that's going to be, like, boring and kind of like a blowout, like an hour or so. Yeah. Right? You want, like, the fired up game. So I think, yeah, that, that's a good point. It's it's respectful even though it's kind of like, oh, Western, ooh. Do I you guys hate us a ton, like the most? <laughs> you could say yes. <laughs> all right, all right. Well, let's let's flip the question then. Uh, who would you honestly feel are your rivals? Like Cat at Western, who would you guys actually get fired up that you guys would like confirm? Yes, this is a rivalry. It's not. Just we would always say Mac because we were, for my years at least, we were always the top two teams in the West battling for that top spot. So that would always be our big rivalry game. And with your format, was there was no crossover, right? You had to get out of your side? Or how did how did playoffs work for Final Four then? No, it was the same as it is now. We'd always see Queens <laughs> in quarters. Um, but yeah, like when you're in that top spot in your division, you're pretty guaranteed. You're not guaranteed, but it's a lot easier to make it through to the Final Four, which is the ultimate goal. So yeah, that all through the season, we'd always be keeping track of Mac and we could tell they were as well, and we'd be tracking each other, figuring out who was going to get that top spot that year. Nice, because I think that could determine who hosts Final Four, right? Yeah. So yeah. That, that is a big deal with the, with the way the format is. Mm -hmm. right? Good. Ed. Who does Queen's circle on the calendar right now? Western. <laughs> <laughs> there, we got our answer. It took a yeah. while. We had to take a, a detour, but we found it. Oh, uh, that's okay. <laughs> Now, you don't have to answer this if you don't want to, but would anyone say things about the setter at Western and you had to raise your hand and be like, uh, actually, guys, uh, it's my sister? Um, I did a little bit of mediating. 
About me? Not about oh. you. Just in general. Because, you know, I, for four years, I was a huge Western fan. I was at every game wearing a Western hoodie. Um, and then I signed to Queens, and I was like, hmm, a little controversial. But, you know, it's still my sister. I'll still support you, but maybe I won't wear as much purple. Um, yeah. <laughs> And, like, Western queens are considered rivals outside of volleyball. Like, just in general, right? Like, Western queens rivalry is just a thing between the schools. Have you heard that? I haven't. Do you oh, want to yeah, elaborate really? on that a little bit? I feel like I think um, everyone in Toronto seems to go to Western or queens, at least yeah. at the high schools we went to. And that's just a known rivalry. Even if it's not big in certain sports, it's just, I don't know, a thing. Yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah. I think it's pretty much the... You know, the Toronto thing is a lot of very similar people. They're very similar schools. Um, and they're just very competitive people. <laughs> nice. So, Kat, you, you continued your career. And like you said, you played a fifth year. And Alex, you're kind of entering prime time with it. You're in your third year. Do you guys find that it did get easier after first year? Like, did you enter as a first year and really not have a clue what's going on? Or was the jump from club to university pretty good? Like, you both contributed right away. But was there definitely a jump going from, you know, good level club and you both competed well at nationals to being like a starter or contributing at an OUA team? Yeah, I think the biggest adjustment is just the pace of the game. Um, the three ball system, as you know, as weird as it might seem to an outsider, it actually speeds up the, the game quite a bit. Um, and, you know, you lose the point and you have to reset very quickly, both physically and mentally. Um, and I think that was the hardest adjustment. And then once you adapt to the speed of the game, both in between points and during the rally, the speed of the sets and, you know, obviously harder hitters, harder serves. Um, you know, club prepares you well, for sure. Um, I think yeah. Team Ontario prepares you well. Yeah. Because those are the a lot of the players that you're going to end up seeing in university. So playing, like, Team Ontario is just a little bit of a higher level than club, and that is kind of a stepping stone into university, for sure. Now, it wouldn't be a Passing Dimes episode if we didn't name drop. So, Kat, go ahead and mention some of your teammates uh, when you guys won National Team Challenge Cup. I think that was a pretty sad oh, in team, high school? if I remember. Like, Autumn Bailey, Shina, I think, was on that team as I well. I think so. There's Jill Eisenhower. Sophie? No, I think she was focused on beach at that point. Oh, you're really testing my very poor memory right now. Um, <laughs> to me, it doesn't feel that long ago. Maybe it is that long ago. I just, because I played three years of Team Ontario, and I get the teams all mixed up. Christine Yan, who played she played on Ryerson, mm -hmm. she was on that team. Um, I think Asla was on that team, who played um, yeah, in the so UFT right. game when, tonight. If you're playing Team O Indoor, you're you're getting prepared because it yeah. is it is the same people. Exactly. They go on to be key players in the league, right? Yeah. Uh, so Alex, you got to play one summer. I believe it was only one summer of one volleyball. Did you go back this year, or you didn't have time to do that? No, I was actually. Uh, I got a job in Kingston. Hey. Yeah. So I was. You know, just having a nice Kingston summer and training. For a summer away from volleyball? Yeah. Oh, no, I was training with my team. Oh, okay. Then. Yeah. Okay. So you've never had a summer away from volleyball since the fourth grade? Probably not. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what was the one volleyball experience like playing with, like, you You were on our team and we had Becky Pavin, who, like, I just started, like, watching. It's like, how do you coach somebody who's just so good? But there was, every team had a couple studs, but there were so many people. And you and Tesco were our liberos. Like, what was that experience like playing with older people who were, like, legit? That was a really fun summer. Um, I'd never felt like a younger player on that team. You know, everyone was just there to have fun and to play some good volleyball. And um, 
I just felt so welcome. And when I got an opportunity to play, whether as a DS or whatever my role was, everyone was just so supportive. And it was really cool to just see that, like, wow, I can keep up with these girls. And uh, it was just so much fun. Now, would you consider playing pro volleyball after you're done? Like, did that kind of confirm that you can hang at that level? That that definitely confirmed that um, it is a possibility. Um, and it's always been a possibility. I know as in my position, it's, it's more difficult, um, but you know, who knows? There's also the master's possibility. So or maybe beach, if you ever want to come back to the beach, you know, <laughs> that, that, that can be an option too. I think I peaked in the 17 U. <laughs> hey, you never know. You and I could team up again, make, an, make an appearance on the beach scene again. Just give it a go. Saturday at Ashford. Just give it a go. <laughs> Kat, would you ever consider playing one volleyball or, or your volleyball days are, are kind of over? We're not to get into it, but you did have some injury stuff that maybe influences yeah. uh, what you're doing. But do you, do you miss it? A lot, a lot, yeah. Um, unfortunately, with my concussion in my last year, I've been kind of off the radar for a little bit, but I would love to get back into it. I think next summer will be the first summer I'm truly healthy, 100% healthy again. So it would be great if I could get back into one volleyball or whatever it is. Movember is the leading charity dedicated to changing the face of men's health around the world. This Movember, whatever mustache you grow, will save a bro. Donating to Movember will help raise funds and awareness for prostate cancer, testicular cancer, and mental health and suicide prevention. There are lots of volleyball bros growing their mall that you can donate to, or if you don't know anyone, yours truly and Passing Dime's own, Josh Nicole, is raising funds for Movember. Head over to mobro, M-O-B-R-O dot C-O slash Josh Nicole. J-O-S-H-N-I-C-H-O-L, to donate. It'd be odd not to talk about it, Alex, since you were here playing an OUA game. So how is this season going, and what are you looking forward to? It looks like Queens is pretty young. I think uh, I was sitting with Mitchell Neward in the crowd, and I think we counted three first years on the court at one point in time. So how's the squad looking, and, and what are you looking forward to uh, as we kind of enter the end of the first half here? Yeah, so um, we lost a lot of big players last year. Caroline Livingston, Sierra Hardy, Izzy Korczynski, um, we're definitely missing them, but we had a strong recruiting class as well. And we're, uh, I think we're gelling very well as a team. Um, we're having a lot of fun together. Uh, training is always a, a positive and focused environment. Um, and I think we're just trying to find our footing right now. Um, every game is a battle and it's, it's more fun when you're out there with people you trust and you know that you know, they have their back and you have theirs. Um, and regardless of the outcome, you know, you just keep moving forward. Our team motto is one step closer. So every loss and every win, uh, every lesson is just one step closer to our team goal of final four nationals and beyond. Nice. And, and Kat, you can jump in on this too. I was just wondering, what do you guys do with your teams to kind of bring in new people? Because like you said, University Volleyball, every year it's a new cycle. How do you intake the, the first years to kind of get them up to speed as quickly as possible with your culture? Oh, that's a hard question. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe flip it, how did people bring you up to speed when you were in your first year where you stopped feeling so lost and actually felt like you were contributing? I felt pretty lost for a little <laughs> while, not going to lie. My first year was quite a whirlwind, um, and we actually did really bad in my first year. We didn't even make OUA playoffs. We lost. We had a losing record. We were pretty bad. And then I got really lucky that Melissa had such an amazing recruiting class the year after me. So that was like Kelsey Veltman, Asia, Courtney Sestrick, 
all those girls who made up a lot of the starting lineup for the next four years. And when they came in, I was so ready to go. I was hungry after I felt like I had gone a whole season and we hadn't accomplished anything yet. So um, when they came in, I was ready to go and we ended up winning a medal every year after that. And a trip to nationals. Yeah, a trip to nationals. Um, yeah, I think I was lucky. I came into a pretty strong team um, with having seniors. I had Shannon Neville as a senior, who's an amazing player, and just overall just a positive person. Caroline Livingston as well, just a very supportive person. And those were the girls that I was passing beside uh, who you know helped me out with the seams and our systems. Um, and I also had an amazing setter in Sierra Hardy who, like, if I did make a mistake, she'd come up to me and she'd just tell me she knew that I could get it. Like, it wasn't so much a, oh, good try. It was a, I know you can get that. I know how good you are. And she just had so much confidence in me. And I think that really helped me with the transition of, like, knowing I can keep up at this level. Nice. Very cool. Thanks for sharing that. Hopefully our listeners can steal that for their own team. That's really cool. Uh, so you guys get to team up once again. Sounds like a great project that you're working on with a charity game call, and the, the charity's going to be Carly's Angels. Can you guys just explain uh, how is this process going to work? Like, how does the game work? How can our fans get involved? And most importantly, what is Carly's Angels? So Carly's Angels is a charity um, named after my friend Carly Allison. She unfortunately passed away from cancer in 2015, but she was a extremely competitive elite figure skater. She was a singer, songwriter. She had so many talents and um, she showed such incredible adversity through her cancer diagnosis that um, it became such an inspiration to people. So they actually, there's a movie about her. It's called Kiss and Cry. It's on Netflix. It's very sad if you want to watch it. Um, There's a book about her. And now um, we also have a Carly's Angels Foundation that raises money for cancer. Um, in her name. So it's run by her sister and her family and um, extended family and friends as well. So, and then Alex jumped on board this year to get involved. So, yeah, so we've always been involved. We go to all the Carly's Angels events. Um, We're actually doing the Ride to Conquer Cancer on the Carly's Angels team in 2020. Mm -hmm. Um, Kat's done it two years already. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so I really wanted to show my support. It's a charity that's close to both of our hearts. Um, and I was able to organize with Queen's Athletics to um, dedicate one of our games to um, supporting this charity, and um, and all proceeds, or some of the proceeds uh, will go towards, we're going to do a lot of fundraising, we're going to have a raffle, and just in general spread awareness about this amazing charity. Um, yeah. Do you remember the date? February 1st. If nice. you're in the Kingston area. <laughs> Definitely. We'll or if to, you're not and want yeah. to do a little road trip. <laughs> nice. We'll include that in our show notes. Yeah, thanks for, first of all, being a part of that and sharing it with our listeners. That's great, guys. Uh, I'm not sure if you've had the chance to listen to an episode, but we always like to close off with just a, a funny or unique story where volleyball lets us compete and travel and meet all these new friends, but sometimes just silly and odd stuff happens. So is there any unique experience you can kind of give our listeners a, a quick laugh here as we close out an episode? Me first. Okay. Um, So I struggled to think of one. The one thing I could think of is the origins behind our mascot for our volleyball team at Western was this big sparkly purple skull. And we would always get so many questions about where it came from and all that. So um, 
I, it actually like one day it was near Halloween. I think I was in my third, third year. And I walk into the team room one day and someone had piled up these like little stools we have right in front of the door and put this massive purple skull in the door. I almost like tripped backwards. It scared the crap out of me. Um, and our entire team room was like decorated for Halloween. There were like decorations everywhere. There was Halloween candy and we had no idea who had done it. And it kept happening. We got it for Christmas, St. Patty's Day. Someone, like, they did it for Final Four. We were, our entire team that year was quizzing each other. It's you, it's you, no, it's you, it's you. Like, we were all over each other trying to figure out who it was. We could not figure it out. But this purple skull became our mascot. So we would bring it to all our home games. We'd bring it to Final Four on the road with us. Um, And then we finally, like, two years later, the girls that did it owned up to it in in her senior speech. So it was Maddie Hilt, Kaylee Matheson, Emma Somerville, and Patricia Gombas were the the four girls that did it. Um, But, yeah. They kept it going for two years. Yeah. They were really good liars. I was very (laughs) impressed. Like, I grilled them. I remember grilling Maddie so hard, and she, she fooled me. So, but the Purple Skull lives on. I think it still attends games to this day. So cool. See, that's why we ask these questions. We missed out on that story because there's no way for me to queue up that question. Now you'll see the purple skull and you'll know. Now we know. Now we're all a part of Western. (laughs) Okay, your turn. Okay. Um, I had trouble thinking of one too. I think on the bus ride here, I had my whole team brainstorming of funny things that have happened. Um, But we ended up on, in my first year, um, it was one of our first road trips of the year and one of our first road trips with our new coach, Ryan. And we um, get to Toronto and, you know, big city. uh, There was a ton of traffic. And just to a little side note, we actually witnessed a fight on the street at Young Dundas Square. So, you know, we all like went to the one half of the bus uh, to watch and everyone was getting all hyped up about it. Um, But I think it kind of, spooked the coaches a little bit um and then we are we continue driving and we see these police lights behind us um and you know we're in the coach bus we're not really sure if it's for us but it keeps following us so the the bus eventually pulls over and um the officer comes and they're just chatting at the front can't hear what's going on uh, the bus driver looked confused. We're all really worried. Like, did we do something illegal? Are we going to make it to our hotel tonight? Um, and the officer climbs the stairs, starts looking around. The bus lights turn on, so we're all blinded. Um, and, you know, obviously, I, running through my head is everything I've done wrong in my life. Like, they're looking <laughs> they for me. They finally found me. They, this is the day. <laughs> Um, and she looks to the back where the men's team is sitting and yells out, hey, Jack. And she was looking for her brother, Jack Peckham, who was on the men's team. <laughs> just to say hi. <laughs> just to say hey. So she just saw the Queen's bus driving around downtown Toronto, decided to pull us over. <laughs> just to say hi to her brother. And you guys are all ready to confess on anything <laughs> she could ask. <laughs> yeah, I think it scared uh, quite a few of us. And I remember our coach was like, no one is going out alone tonight make sure you have a buddy like the first <laughs> toronto experience there <laughs> that's good. what happens when queens visits the big bad city I yeah guess. You know, you kingston is a lot safer 
Awesome. So I, I've taken up enough of your time. Thanks again for, for making the time when you guys are on a road trip. Uh, hopefully this wasn't too distracting with your prep. Uh, good luck the rest of the season. Hopefully you've made some fans by coming on our show. <laughs> and those are some great stories. So thank you so much. And uh, like I said, we'll mention our show notes for Carly's Angels and hopefully people can get involved. And thanks for sharing that. Okay, great. Thank you. Thanks for thanks having for us. On, guys. This is great.